Welcome to the Only One Shot Golf Podcast. I'm Jim Gallagher, Jr. Special thanks to Steve Azar for allowing us to use his music. You can find Steve at steveazar.com. Don't forget to subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to get your copy of Only One Shot. That's available at Amazon. Today, I have a special guest on the podcast, former LSU Tiger and my sweet daughter, Kathleen. She's won two Mississippi Women's State Am titles, Mississippi Junior Girls Championships, and never missed a trip as an LSU Tiger. Can't wait for y'all to get to know Kathleen a little bit better, and let's uh, welcome Kathleen into the podcast. Kathleen, welcome, uh, and I look forward to talking to you today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're a busy girl right now, and you came home so uh, for a couple of days, so it's good to see you back here, and uh, got to get you out there back on the golf course, but uh, I guess I really have to introduce you as Kathleen Charlet because most of our <laughs> listeners know you as Kathleen Gallagher, but uh, it's going to be fun uh, to let our listeners Kind of get to know you better. Uh, as everybody knows, her mom and I got her started playing pretty young, and you seemed to love it at the beginning. But what attracted to you know you to golf? Because you played every sport as a kid, uh, and you were number three in a line of four. But what really kind of got you into playing golf? So we, I mean, y'all definitely started me early, like you said. Um, I played every sport. I loved competing, and when you go to a small little private school in Greenwood, Mississippi, like Pillow. The the cool thing about that is you do have the ability to play multiple sports. And I was very lucky to have coaches and administration that knew um, that I was going to be pursuing college golf. And they allowed me to play all those sports. Um, and it was really just, I think, the biggest thing that got me into golf and to pursue that long term was – I just knew that I had a better shot probably playing college golf than I did college basketball. And being a 5'2 little little girl, that's not normally going to work out. Um, but you it, love basketball. But I do. That is definitely my favorite sport. Basketball is my favorite sport. Um, I'll say it to this day. I mean, I played college golf, but I love basketball. I loved every aspect of it from when we were – five years old at Twin Rivers playing and then up to high school and everything like that, getting to keep compete with my friends. But the cool thing about golf is that we all had that in common as a family. And I think the, the fact that one, I was kind of just good at it um, naturally a little bit. Of course I worked hard and all of those things, but I think when you have something that you're kind of feel like you've seen yourself compete against other people and you're like, Oh wow, I can do this. I think that's why I chose that as my route for college. Um, I definitely wanted to play a college sport. So that was, I think that's why. Well, you had, as I said, an older brother, an older sister. Uh, We played catch a lot. One of the games we used to play up against the wall. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could catch it like two or three years old. I'm not lying. But you were pretty competitive back there. But what was it like being the third in line, playing all those different sports? Did you learn from Mary Langdon and Thomas? Were you competitive with them? But what did you take from, you know, that experience with, you know, being one of the younger uh, of the siblings? Yeah, I loved it. I think it was really cool because I had them to compete with when we came home and we'd play sports with you in the in the yard. And I loved to try and catch a ball better than Thomas. That was probably like my biggest, <laughs> my biggest thing to prove to him that I could, I was more athletic than him. Um, but no, I think Having them and getting to, honestly, I was a little bit younger, about four years younger than Mary Langdon. I was the film girl for her basketball team. Like, I was her biggest fan. And same for Thomas. I um, We went to all their games. I mean, you and Mom were there in the stands for everything, for basketball, for soccer, for golf, for everything. Y'all are very supportive parents. And I think 
just traveling with y'all and getting to go to those and watching them, I wanted to do the same thing, but I wanted to do it better. Um, and I think that's the cool thing about being a little bit younger is you, you watch them, you see how they did it and you learn from that and you go and do it yourself, but try and do it a little bit better. You know, you mentioned that we've had some pretty fun games. Now, Elizabeth, your younger sister, really had a great little golf swing. She Mm -hmm. just, golf never really was her thing, but we'd have some family outings and we'd have a good time with it. But, you know, it's always, you wonder, because someone like Barry Langdon, who kind of started golf late competitively, I mean, you all played, but she didn't play AJGA. She played a lot of the SJGT tournaments, which is the Southeastern Junior Golf Tour, and they did a wonderful job two days. A lot less pressure, low-keyed. And it kind of gave her some confidence. You played a few of those mm-hmm. uh, before you started playing AJGA, but you got paired with, I think you beat Mary Landon or at one of the SJGTs. <laughs> I think it was over close to Auburn at Opelika or somewhere over there. Uh, but what was it like competing against her? Like you said, she was four years older and you looked up to her. But you know, when you finally beat her for that first time, did that give you some confidence that, hey, maybe I can do this at a higher level? Yeah, I definitely think so. It. I was a lot younger, and so I was always in different divisions than her with, like, the Mississippi um, tournaments and stuff like that. So I never really technically competed against her until we did those SJGT's tournaments. And I do remember that tournament. I think I beat her the first round, but we ended up playing in the final round together of Mm -hmm. the tournament, and it was so awkward, of course. Um, And she was, you know, a little – talking to me and messing with me because that's just her personality. She's always going to to do that. But um, it was really fun. I think she ended up actually beating me in the tournament. I think my nerves got to me. I was a little nervous. But that was my first time competing in an SJGT event, and she had done it um, that summer with you that whole summer before. And so y'all invited me to that tournament because it was closer to home, and you thought that I, I had a chance. And so it was really cool. I really enjoyed that. I mean, we, we grew up playing with each other but it was never because our age was so different we never were really in the same division until then and so I think I I did definitely see um oh wow I really can do this I think if, if she can do it I can do it and I love I loved getting to be at that tournament with her and compete with her it was really fun you mentioned nerves we got a lot of kids and parents listening how do you overcome those nerves when you're out there playing when you're that young I mean you figure it out after time that uh, how to control that. But when you're young, maybe your first time in that final group with a lot of older kids, it's intimidating. Do you, how do you stay focused and play in your own game? It is intimidating. I agree. And the nerves, It. I mean, that's just natural. It's going to happen. I mean, you have that in college. You have it as a professional. That's just part of it. I think um, figuring out a solid routine, um, pre-shot routine, is what VJ and y'all would talk to me about. Like, you may be nervous, but as long as you stick and you nail down that pre-shot routine, you're going to be okay. Um, so just trying to focus on that before each shot is the biggest thing. And look, you're going to have bad shots, and it is nerve-wracking, and it's it's scary because you, you're competing and you want to win. You've worked so hard, and it's so exciting. You get to that moment, and it's just a lot. But if you just focus in on that pre-shot routine, I think that was the biggest thing for me at that age. You yeah. mentioned VJ. It's VJ Trollio. He's teaching instructor at the Old Waverly, Tim Yelverton. Mm-hmm. I had those guys t- teach you. Yeah, they were your main instructors. I was there to maybe when we went and played golf management while, but, wise, but I felt like it was better to have someone like that teaching you uh, instead of the dad being out there. And it's okay for dads. I mean, yeah, I could have probably done it. They were, to me, better instructors. 
but you know, what would a, a lesson be like? A typical session with VJ or Tim. What were those like for you early on? Not so much in college, but early on. Say when you're 15, 16, and you're looking like, oh, I'm playing high school golf. I'm thinking about trying to play in college. What was a typical session like for you? Yeah, that's. It, they were fun. I remember it wasn't as intense as you would have expected for um, a lesson, especially like my first few times going in. And from what I can remember, I do remember VJ always kept it lighthearted, um, always would mess around too and, and make us do – I mean, we got to work. Don't get me wrong. We definitely did drills, and he showed me my swing and explained to me. But I loved when he would pull up on the TV and compare to another – um, professional athlete or golfer, um, whether it was a guy or a girl, and compare the good parts of my swing to those people and then show me how I could get better. So getting, I think that was the biggest thing with VJ is visually getting to see your swing up there compared to somebody that's literally competing at the highest level and showing you the good parts of it, but also helping you nail down how to how to keep hitting the ball better and straighter and longer um, was really cool, and they were fun. He he definitely always had music playing. Mm. VJ he gets to know you. I think he knew Nirvana. Me. I think yeah wasn't, yeah yeah horrible. It's a it wasn't the best yeah. playlist. I won't. I'll get. I uh, can't give him any credit for that. It, but you definitely. Um, he kept it fun. He he definitely always. Um, made it unique to that mm-hmm. th- to that player. He's very intentional. Um, because the way that he taught you or he taught Mary Landon or even Thomas and mom was very different than me, you know, and I love that he got to know me as a person. Um, he calls me his, his other daughter. So his only daughter, daughter, KT, Kathleen Trollio. So, um, he's like an uncle and second dad to me. Um, so I loved how intentional he was with me and he kept it fun. And I think VJ is the reason that I, I will, I will say, pursuing college golf had a lot to do with VJ, his confidence in me, because every parent's going to tell their kid, hey, you got this, you're, you know, you're great, you have a chance. But I think VJ really helped me build that confidence um, on the golf course, but as a, you know, young girl as well. Well, also, you want someone to tell you the truth, not what you want to hear. Absolutely. And I think he was like that and mm-hmm. still like that, which makes him why he's one of the top 100 teachers. Tim was a little sweeter, as we say. Yes, Tim was sweet. I lo- he's, he's, um, Yes, very different. Not, nothing different with you, nothing, VJ. Yes, but, exactly. But very Tim. different um, lessons with Tim. He, uh, I loved my time. My short game, I always needed to work a lot on it. So Tim was very, very patient with me, um, and we always had a good time. He was very calm and just made short game fun. You know, that's not the easiest thing to want to work on. You always want to hit balls, but – Tim really, he's one of the best for sure. What's it, don't you think it's important to have two different type coaches, personalities? Uh, and and like you said, teaching the short game takes a lot of patience. Mm-hmm. Uh, BJ could do it. He just loved the golf swing because you get instant results. Where putting, it may not be that instant result. But I think that was good for you to have two different styles. Uh, and then you had me, and then you had your mama. So uh, to help there as well. So you had a lot of help there. We, I don't feel like we ever pushed you. I think we encouraged you, gave you the opportunities, and you all took advantage of that. But mm-hmm. uh, go through your process when you, you said, I think I can play college golf. What was that like? You know, you're playing AJGA events. You're playing with some of the best players. Your class, they uh, – you were 2015, as I remember. They, mm-hmm. That class, they there were people saying, well, could 
kind of transform women's golf. And you look at the players who are on the LPGA, I think there's eight or ten yeah. that turn pro right away. I mean, Lydia Coe is one of those names that come to mind. Minji Lee, there's so many of them uh, all in that area and age group. So mm-hmm. there's an incredible class. But you know, take us through that process of recruiting, that first night where the coaches can finally contact you and you got all those emails. I think you've got 50 to 75 emails. What was that like to you? when you first saw those emails coming in, was it overwhelming? Were you excited? What was that like for you? It was fun. I remember um, they all went to mom's email. I don't even think I had an email address at that time. Probably not. So mom was kind of in charge of that. She, But I remember waking up. I'm pretty sure she stayed up till midnight to get the emails because she was so pumped. Because midnight was the time. Yeah, that's when they sent them. But when I woke up the next morning, she was showing me everything. And it was just a really cool moment to see that you know, all those summers of y'all taking me and doing things, it really, it paid off. You know, I, it was, it was cool to see that happen. And, um, that process of recruiting was really, really fun. I know I was kind of late, not late to the game, but I did feel like a lot of the girls that I competed with when I got to the AJGA tour, um, kind of had already committed to schools or had visited and things like that. And, you know, we really didn't do that, um, when I, at the beginning. And so, Once we got out to the AJGA, you know, coaches were following me. You could see them. You couldn't speak to them at the time. But getting those emails and seeing their interest in me was really cool. And you kind of got to handpick the the schools that you wanted to go see um, and visit and tour. And so that was really neat. And I just loved the process of – us all sitting around as a family figuring out where we want where I should look and I think that's what we did we we nailed it down to a few schools like there's no need to go visit 100 schools that's unrealistic right. what would you recommend because I think we talked about say there were 50 60 schools I told you to kind of narrow it down to 10 yes and then kind of then narrow it down to where you want to visit of course, you drew a line in the sand. It was like south of where we are <laughs> in SEC. You were kind of... Yes, I wanted to stay in the SEC. I mean, I've grown up an SEC fan our whole life. I mean, you went to Tennessee. Mom went to LSU. My older siblings went to Mississippi State. And everybody from Greenwood either goes there or Ole Miss. So I've always been a big SEC fan. And I, I wanted to stay in the south. Um and not too far from home. I was not opposed to leaving and going. Um, I figured out if any of the kids could do it, it could be me out of all four of us. Um, and I knew that everybody would come and visit. So I think y'all, one of the things y'all told me was to, one, you want to make sure that if golf isn't a part of the rest of your college career, where would you be happy at a school? Mm-hmm. Um, look at a place that has everything you, you need apart from golf. And... Um, I, of course, cared about the colors. Oh, yeah, I don't think that y'all suggested that. I cared about the colors a little bit. Why didn't you like orange? No, go ahead. I'm I don't sorry. know if it looks good on my skin tone. But um, but I think the coolest thing about my recruiting process was, yes, I had a lot of coaches reach out, and we toured, and we did all of that, and a lot of interest in, in people offering things. And, you know, that's that's so exciting because your hard work is paying off, and it's such a big accomplishment. You've worked so many years. You've put so much time and tons of money into it, and it actually pays off. But the coolest thing that I I enjoyed the most is when, for LSU, with Karen Bonson and Alexis Rather, those were the coaches at the time recruiting me, not only did they come to my tournaments and reach out and call and, I, and all those things, and I'd known them since I was a little girl, but 
they came to one of my basketball games in high school. Yeah, because your mom played there and your Aunt Jackie played there. Yes, and so I've known them forever, but, I mean, they just, it was so cool to see that. Like, they drove two and a half hours to come watch me play a sport that they weren't even recruiting me for. Right. Um, They just were so intentional and made sure that I felt, you know, loved and welcomed and cared for and that they were going to support me in whatever decision I made. And um, that was just, I think, the the coolest thing about my process. Of course, LSU, there's nothing like it um, to be a Tiger, the community, everyone involved. And so I think when you're looking for schools, you need to look at the college, where you're going to be located, what town or city is it going to be in, um, what are the people like around you, can you see yourself there in the, without a sport? And mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing. Your teammates and your coaches will come and go. Don't, I think it's important to look for coaches and teammates that fit you and what you what you like. But I think the biggest thing is going somewhere that you think you can be happy with if golf was not a part of it. You mentioned, you know, the, the recruiting process and, and, and all that stuff and, and picking LSU. Uh, but it came down to a couple schools. And, you know, what was the final – I guess those were the final factors with you. And I remember you having to call a few of those coaches that you really liked. Mm-hmm. I mean, Andrew Pratt was mm-hmm. at Auburn. And loved you, I mean, yeah, he was I love Andrew. like the first coach that ever recruited you. And it and you said it was like breaking up with a boyfriend. You were just yeah. like he was that much of a good person to you. Uh, and he just was – you know, he really was sincere. And, and, mm-hmm. and that was a, probably a tough thing to call those coaches and say, hey, I'm not coming. I appreciate you spending all the time and effort. That had to be tough because you're going to have to make Absolutely. that decision. That's just one of the big decisions you make in your life. That's just part, yeah. That's just part of it. Andrew, for sure. He, I think he was like one of the first people to ever watch me as mm-hmm. a when I was very young um, in junior golf, and I to this day I still adore him. When I was at tournaments and Auburn was there, um, he would always come and speak to me. He was still kind, even though I didn't choose Auburn at the time. He just really, he was still so sweet to me even after that, and. Um, I mean that just says a lot mm-hmm. about him, but I think you're right. It is hard to say to, to say no to those schools that invested so much time and effort into coming to recruit you and energy and all those things. But in the end, coaches know that you have to decide what's best for you. And I think we're lucky enough in the SEC and um, even other areas of the country. Um, Coaches get that, and, and they respect that for players. Yeah, Andrew's, so. Andrew's now teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not coaching anymore, he's, and I see him on Instagram coaching a lot of kids, which he'll be wonderful at. And I think he just you know wanted to maybe spend some more time at home with his family, yeah, right. and, and those are the things that coaches have to deal with too because they travel. I mean, it's a year-round job. job. Now with COVID, it's completely changed the recruiting yeah. process. I've had coaches on, and we've talked about that. So you make the decision. You have your big day of I'm announcing I'm going to LSU, and you got the purple, and – and, and, and you mentioned you were a little later the game, but back then kids were – It was know, early. They were eighth and ninth grade making decisions. Mm-hmm. They couldn't even find their lockers, yeah. you know, let alone make a decision like that. So they made a better rule now that they can't be contacted until I think their junior year or so, mm-hmm. and they don't force the kids to make such a tough decision, and that was a good move for the players and for the kids that are being recruited because it was a lot of pressure. And it was uh, – you know, it got to be a game who could go in the earliest – and, and you'd see kids decommit and all that stuff. So I think it's better for them now, and, and it, the whole process is a lot better. Tougher on coaches recruiting yes. now with COVID and the restrictions there because they haven't been able to get out. And I think, you know, you had international kids, and that's always an adjustment for a lot of kids. But your first year – actually, I remember the trip down there. We drive you down. The whole family brought you down. And we move you in. Uh, what were those adjustments like <laughs> by yourself? Baton Rouge is not a small town or city. It's a big city. It's a big campus. A little overwhelming, even though you've been there a thousand times. 
What was those first few weeks? Did you get homesick? What are the adjustments you had to make? Because now you're living with someone you've never lived with. You don't even mm-hmm. know them. So tell us, you know, you know, maybe help some of the kids out there that are going to make that transition uh, next fall for their first year. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I'm not going to lie. It was hard. Going from a very small town to a small school where you grew up with everybody that you knew um, was hard to transition from a big place. When I walked into CVS, I didn't know anybody. Usually in Greenwood, you walk into a store and you know 50 people. Mm -hmm. So that was hard. And for someone like me that's super extroverted and very social, I love people, um, that was a big adjustment. I think, too, when you um, are going to college and it's just hard to be away from home when you have such supportive and loving family back in your in your hometown, but um, it's worth it. I think once you get used to your schedule and your routine and you get to know your teammates and your coaches, I mean, there's so many people on campus that are there to support you. You just have to dig into all those resources. And lucky for me, I had the opportunity to go through Rush Sorority um, at LSU, and I definitely think that is one reason – that I was able to be, one, successful, but also stay the whole time at LSU. Because all my friends went to Mississippi State and Ole Miss, and I I did feel like I was missing out on so much back here in Mississippi. Um, But going through Rush and getting to Pledge Cayo my freshman year and have that ability to go from golf to, to that sorority world was really nice. It just divided things up for me, and it kept me very balanced because, I mean, I did everything in high school. I played every sport. Mm-hmm. I was my class president. I tried to do as much as I could. I was very involved. And so that was just the lifestyle that I was used to. And then growing up with multiple siblings in a big family where people came in 24-7, we were just used to a lot going on. And that's just the kind of lifestyle I enjoyed and I knew I would thrive off of if I had that routine. And so going through Rush was really awesome for me. And it it really, I met the greatest people. I mean, my best friends are all my Kyo friends that I met. I lived in the house for two years, and it was just nice because you didn't have to live with your teammates because it's hard when you're competing against them. But freshman year, I lived with one tennis player and my other teammate who was a freshman with me at the time, Marina Headland, and it was great. We had a lot of fun, um, and we were all in the same boat together. You know, when you live with freshmen as a freshman, you're, you're kind of just trying to figure it out together, and so I think that will come. But the biggest thing is just making sure to utilize all those resources that you have, and don't be afraid to ask, can you help me? Mm-hmm. Because you're going to need it, and um, you don't know everything within the first week, and it's don't be afraid to ask. That's my biggest thing. And, and the thing that it, it's time management skills. You've got to – that's probably the biggest thing yeah. for people. And you also – you're kind of trans transitioning into your parents did a lot of things for you and you did things on your own but now you've got someone else doing things for you mm-hmm. and there's that transition you all had a place to study which was amazing you had yes. tutors you had access to that so there was no reason to get in trouble with school but I know a lot of coaches aren't for sororities or fraternities because they think it takes away but academically their standards were tougher in the sorority yeah they were way more strict on me um as a sorority student than it was an athlete I think one thing too that I I think about my freshman year, I feel like it's been so long, but I had amazing upperclassmen. Um, They took me in and treated me like I was a senior. Mm. And that was the coolest thing um, 
they respected me. I respected them. They invited me. You know, I got to meet a lot of their friends that they had already met previously in college. And that was a huge help to me. Um, and I could never repay them for that. That's in the sorority or the, um, both um, team? No, I would say on my team. And, of course, sorority too. But I think that's why I was able to adjust so quickly is Elise Bradley, who was a senior my freshman mm-hmm. year, we traveled every tournament together, but the way that she she treated me like I was had been there forever, you know, she never did the whole "I'm better than you, I'm I know more than you." In fact, she she was like, "Here, let me help you." Mm-hmm. Carly Goldstein, um, Caroline Niestrup from Denmark, all of those girls, and and it was just really neat to see how kind they were to me to make sure that they wanted, you know, to help me be successful, and that had a, a big part into it. And so I think for those incoming freshmen. Don't be scared of those upperclassmen. They were the ones that recruited you. Mm, they, they want you true. there. You're you're going to help them. Um, you've got a new fresh face and that lively energy to go practice harder. Because when you're a senior, you know, you get a little burnt out. Um, so I think reaching out to your upper, upperclassmen and those freshmen, um, those seniors and juniors is really important to, to get to know them and to really ask for their advice and pick their brain because they know a lot. You mentioned teammates and playing against them and roommates. I, I had talked to David Toms on the podcast, and he said there were two teammates on his team that played for the last spot, and the other one won. And he said one yeah. guy took a piece of tape right down the middle of the room with, with the <laughs> other cross. But that's hard to be true. Like you said, those those girls were sweet to you and, and kind to you, and they are your teammates, but yet they're trying to beat you out for a spot mm-hmm. as well, and that's a tough adjustment. Uh, and I think then I think you playing team sports maybe helped make that adjustment Absolutely. a little bit easier. It did for sure. I mean, I I never had a girls golf team. Right. And so this was my first. Did you played on the boys team? Yeah, I played on the boys team in high school. In fact, played with my brother um, and some of my best guy friends to this day. And you know, I think you're ex- exactly right about the team sports because having basketball and getting to compete. I mean, those were your best friends in high school that you're competing with, but you're all trying to be the point guard. You're all trying to be the shooting guard. You're trying to be in the top five. So it's the same thing, and I think that just it reminds you that you've got to be kind. Um, It's great to compete and be competitive, but at the end of the day, you're still – you're still friends, and you still have to um, have relationships because that's what's going to help you be successful. And so I think that's a great a great point. How would you keep in touch with your instructors? Because that's your four hours, five hours away. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an adjustment because most kids have instructors. How did you guys – I mean, I, Karen and, and Alexis were great about letting you go home, but still yes. you had to drive five hours. Yeah. It wasn't like you were driving – an hour. Uh, what were you, you know, FaceTime? How did you keep up with you know, and try to? That had to be a tough because you're used to seeing VJ and Tim a little more often. Yeah, for sure. It was hard. I know um, it was nice because Alexis was very familiar with VJ mm-hmm. and they were they were good friends. And I would always be like, hey, I just feel uncomfortable. Can you send VJ a video really quick and you and him text it out? Because I wasn't um, as great about all the technical things and she was able to, to help that with me. Um, communicate with VJ through me, but they all always on Fridays, if I was like, look, we've got a tournament in two weeks, I would really feel more comfortable if I could go see VJ just to nail down some things. And Karen Alexis always would be like, okay, if schoolwork's done, you're welcome to leave after class on Friday. You can skip practice on Friday, get there and go practice with him all weekend long. Cause I know you're going to put in the work and we'd rather you be confident going into the tournament. So they were really nice about that. Um, I know now with, the equipment room and everything we have um videos are where you can hit balls and send it to your coach you can email it it's just so easy you can literally there's so much resources at your 
at your hand that you have everywhere. But um, for us, I loved doing the video so I could watch it in bed at night and see Mm -hmm. and him send me back one or, you know, he was great at communicating that for me. And I mean, it definitely was hard, but their technology is so great now. It's, it should not be anything that scares you from going to a school because you're far from your coach. You played regionals your first year. Your, your team was incredible coming in. Uh, basically graduated three All-Americans, uh, two or three All-Americans, and then uh, Caroline got sick or hurt, and so you lost her. But you played the regionals that first year, but you missed out as a team for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Was that frustrating? Because uh, you're used to being on teams that were winning. In, in all your sports you played, was that tough? Uh, or did that motivate you? maybe to get back uh, for that senior year. Yeah, it was definitely frustrating. I mean, you put in so much work and you feel like you've just given so much of your life um, and hours of your time to practice and to do well. And it, it is hard to see those results not happen, especially after coming, you know, from a position where they were. Mm-hmm. Um, agree that it, it is hard, but I definitely think that we wanted to do better. We were all... We worked hard and we were like, we don't, we don't want to have this feeling again. This really stinks. So, um, it did motivate us to get back and to, you know, push, push yourself a little harder, motivate your teammates and all of that to get back in regionals and be able to compete for a national championship the following year. Yeah. I think everybody goes through that. I mean, it's so competitive out there, especially in the SEC, as you mentioned, so many great teams and teams go through that and Mm -hmm. it is hard to do, but you know, maybe before you got there, we'll get into your senior year, but did you think about, have a dream of playing the LPGA or was college golf as far as you were going to go? Because, you know, I guess most kids dream they can continue on. Yeah, I mean, I totally would have loved to have played in the LPGA, and I've always had, you know, dreamed that as a little girl. You kind of, when you're working so hard for something, you you don't really ever want it to end. You want it Mm -hmm. to keep happening. So I definitely would say that I had intentions to do that. Um but the more, you know, my senior year, I thought about it, even junior year, I just didn't want that lifestyle. I wanted to have more of a routine, and I've missed out on family time so much with um, with college golf because I was so far from y'all, and Mary Lane was having babies, and Elizabeth was going to be in college, and I just did not want to be on the road um, 24-7. I know a lot of my friends are out there, and they're loving it, but it's not easy. Mm-mm. You know, it's definitely hard, and that's just something that I – I said to myself, look, I mean, I've been successful. I've had a lot of fun. This game's going to be with me forever. I'm never going to give it up. I'm going to be able to compete as an amateur to continue to go play in events. I just didn't want to be on the road 24-7 and and having to, to, to deal with that lifestyle. I just felt like it wasn't for me. Um, I could have done it and probably would have been pretty successful a little bit, but I just, it wasn't in I wasn't in it for the long run at that point. Wasn't deep in your heart. Yeah. You mentioned your senior year, coaching change. Karen retired and mm-hmm. after so many years in a successful program there. And, and Garrett Runyon came in. He was the men's assistant. Mm-hmm. That had to be an adjustment. You did keep Alexis, which yeah. was a good, good move by them. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but Garrett came in, and he was green, and he admit that. But mm-hmm. the men's team loved him. And yeah. you all did, too. And he's been very successful. Their team is incredible uh, this season. They've done well. Just... Uh, one again, uh, the LSU event uh, uh, just a few weeks ago. Tiger there. Classic. So, yep, so they've done that. So he's done a great job. But uh, what was that like? You were the senior, so he kind of relied on you a little <laughs> yeah. bit, uh, maybe as a third coach because uh, he was so green to it and everything. But I think the, the girls end up really liking Garrett at the end. Absolutely. We, um, of course, always sad to see Karen go, but happy that she she had an opportunity to get to retire and enjoy more time with her family and helping her dad and 
fixing her house and doing whatever she want, wanted to do because she had put a lot of time into LSU women's golf, um, and she done, she had done well. So it was so fun having Garrett. Um, and when he, he called us that summer to tell us that he was going to be the coach, I, of course, was so excited. Um, you know, your senior year, you just – knowing that I wasn't going to be competing long-term after that, I just wanted to have a really good season and have a lot of fun. And Garrett brought that aspect. Um, I definitely think he would, he would come up to me and ask me a few questions because girls are tough. I mean, (laughs) he had a daughter, but at the time, but she was a baby. So he really hadn't dealt with the whole hormones and all the drama and the emotional aspect of a, of a, um, a little college girl, so he he would come up and ask me, should I talk to her today? Are we having a good day? Are we not? Like, what's going on? Tell me what's up. And I'm like, well, maybe leave her alone today, but, you know, it's just fun. We would joke around a lot, but um, I did, I loved getting to see him as the assistant coach with all the guys, because I was really close to the guys' team, and I knew how much they loved Garrett and how close they were to him, and I was excited that we were going to get to have him as our our head coach my senior year, because I knew he was going to do well, and I knew how well he and Alexis got along, and was excited to get to just honestly travel and have fun and learn from them, and it was really it really was super fun, um, and I enjoyed my senior year a lot, and I think a lot of it had to do with, with Garrett and Alexis as, you know, keeping that fun spirit. Mm-hmm. So you you mentioned you worked hard. You guys got a bid to the NCAA regionals. Unfortunately, you had to go – not unfortunately for Michigan State, but it was yeah. a little chilly up there. <laughs> Different for uh, us. First of May, uh, weather was really cold and windy, and you narrowly missed. Take us through that last round, those last few holes when you were seeing – man, my career's about over. Was it emotional or you were still grinding it out to try to make it as a team? Yeah, so I'm that person who things don't really hit me until about two months after it happens. Mm. Um, So in that moment, of course, I knew what was going on. I could see the scoreboard and you can tell by when a coach comes up to you and they put their arm around you. And um, it was sweet having Alexis walk those last few holes with me because she literally is like my big sister. I've, you know, known her. As long as I can remember, I remember when she graduated from LSU and she sent us all her her gear that she Mm -hmm. wasn't using. And that was just so cool. And I've just adored her and loved her my whole life. And so having her as my little wingman was really cool and fun. Um, Getting to walk those last few holes with her was super, super awesome. And I'll never forget it. And it was very memorable. But I definitely think um, it was emotional, but it didn't really hit me till after. I think whenever... My little freshmen, they all came up to me and were hugging on me and loving on me. They were more upset than I was. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? Like, I'm kind of, you know, just hadn't hit me. And um, But it's sweet to have um, teammates that really cared and it, they mattered to you and you mattered to them and it was neat to see their emotion. Um, and it was just cool to know that they are going to miss me and we really did have a lot of fun. Do you miss those days? I mean, because it's been a couple years since you played, a couple seasons. Yeah, so I got to see the girls play this past week as they were competing um, at the Tiger Classic, and it it brought back some memories. It was fun, and I, I, of course, miss it. I miss the team aspect, getting to travel and hang out and fly on the LSU plane and all those fun um, times. Of course, don't miss the early morning workouts, but Mm. I do do miss that team aspect um, and getting to be in college and all that fun stuff, but – but I'm happy where I am now, you know. You're kind of working on a team now, but we'll, I don't want to get too far ahead. But your uh, husband now comes to me and wants to get married, and you're still in the season, and you guys get <laughs> engaged. And and, and it was, actually, it was during the LSU uh, Tiger Classic, and I was like, oh, my gosh, we're not even done with the season, and, and we love Cage. But 
Uh, take us through, because you didn't know what was going on at your wedding. I, I love to have this story told, and I'll probably have to end up telling it because you were in the back in the back. LSU, Auburn, or Alabama, mm-hmm. uh, basically playing for the SEC, and probably the national championship to go on. 30 minutes before the wedding, the groomsmen aren't doing their jobs, <laughs> yeah. uh, and they're just like taking shifts, and I'm going, no, 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 we got too many people. There's like 650 people showed up at the at the at the at the uh, church but did you know with five minutes ago could you hear the cheers yeah so i mean the whole this day this is in the church folks we knew that we scheduled our wedding on the lsu alabama game and when mom and i were talking about the date we both were like honestly we just feel like we're gonna win let's get married on that day let's do it it's gonna be awesome so um cage was down and everybody was down so we were like okay we're, we're doing it and it was so fun because while, while we were taking pictures half the groomsmen had airpods in listening to the game and <laughs> they would take shifts on holding the phone and who could watch each play and i'm not gonna lie my bridesmaids were the same way oh, yeah, I, know. I mean we were getting ready we had the phone out i'm pretty sure we have more pictures of coach o um on the phone in my in my pictures than we do just normal but yeah it was so much fun and we were getting ready to come down and start the ceremony and we had like maybe two or three minutes to spare in the game and it was so close and we were upstairs above the the church um sanctuary and we had it going and all of a sudden the whole church you can just hear like this loud roar everything's kind of shaking it's just so loud my bridesmaids are screaming and hollering we had we did not even care that we were in a church and we're about to have a wedding we were so pumped about LSU being able to beat Alabama did, did you know that Brother Jim had to come out and hush the crowd? Tell everybody to be quiet because we're about to start a ceremony. Yes, I did hear about that after the fact, but it was just such a fun time. And that reception was one of the, of course, the best days of my life. But I think having Alabama just win was so much fun. Or LSU beating Alabama. I mean, LSU win was so much fun. Um, and then serving corn dogs, for, corn dogs for our late night treat was icing on the cake absolutely no doubt. and y'all won the national championship you actually got to go to the semifinal game did you not yeah, yeah we did we got to go um in atlanta and it was really cool and to get to see them it was just i mean that's an awesome season so cool and that's so, part so of the cool. lsu tradition i mean you guys y'all have had great sports and and be part of that it's part of your college life but you mentioned the team aspect you're now a pharmaceutical pharmaceutical rep but you actually have a team mm-hmm. so it's a little bit of an extension to that uh, did college golf help you with your current job as far as the team part or the competitiveness? And, and what, what what does it or how does it help you? Yeah, I definitely think it did. I mean, my interview for my job, they kept asking me about experience questions. And I was like, this is my first interview ever. I don't have any experience in the business world, but I have a ton of experience when it comes to team atmosphere and individual sport and all of those. And so I had to compare a lot of my answers to golf. And I think that ultimately is what was able to get me the job is being able to really relate um, the business world to college golf and um, the team that it, that you have. But I, yes, I do have a team that I work with. I have two partners that are awesome and my manager's amazing. And it is neat how it kind of just all goes hand in hand. We've, we've been told constantly as a young golfer take one shot at a time one Mm -hmm. shot one hole at a time and it's the same with work it's one day at a time your numbers will rise it's one day at a time and so there's so many things that go hand in hand and I I'm so thankful for that opportunity to be able to to learn so much at my time at LSU and it really did prepare me for the real world and this big girl job I have and you work for AstraZeneca which is a big company too kind of like LSU big school so a lot of those uh same kind of characteristics and, and things but uh 
what's up for you next? Are you going to ever get back to playing golf? I mean, we tease you about it because you're <laughs> so busy and trying to, you know, adjusting to marriage and then adjusting to the job. You want to try to play some amateur golf when you get it maybe in the next year or so when kind of things get settled and organized? Yeah, and, and... so we're re renovating our house right now, and I know hopefully um, the longer I stay with the company, the more uh, vacation days I get. But Mom and I have already actually talked about trying to do something this fall in order for us to go try and qualify for one of the amateur events. But I definitely am interested in that for sure. We played in like a fundraiser scramble not too long ago for our community, and it was so much fun. I played with some some men from the bank, and Cage joined the team with us, and I loved it. I won a little humble brag. I won the long drive contest, but I got to tee, got it. I got to tee off from the red tee, so it really doesn't count. But um, it was fun. It really is fun. So even when your college is over, you can still play golf. That's the beauty of it. But uh, appreciate you spending some time with us. And this was great. I think you were a little bit nervous, afraid what I was going <laughs> to ask you, but you did a great job. It was great and informative and. And I like to end the podcast with uh, whether in life or golf, you may have only one shot. You got to make it count. You definitely made it count. Uh, we're proud of you. And thanks for being with us. And good luck. Get back here playing some golf. Yeah. Got to get my clubs out. Yeah, I got to dust them I, off. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I know those Callaways, you know, they want you to get out there and play. So, but, uh, appreciate it. And uh, as Coach O says, go Tigers. <laughs>